0: Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Paranormal Paradigm podcast. Although it does feel like it should be episode 1, such as the length of time there's been between the last episode and this one, I can only apologise for that. Um, current world situation, moving house, having a family, it's all getting in the way of making good quality podcasts. Uh, hopefully we're up and running again now. I've got two shows already recorded and a list of guests longer than we are, ready to interview for the upcoming shows. So hopefully we're back on track. Hopefully you guys are still around to listen and enjoy the podcast. Hopefully you haven't gone elsewhere. Uh, and if you have, hopefully this will get you back. So today we have Karen Frey, who is a, a good friend of mine. Um, she lives local to me. She's a, a medium. She is a paranormal investigator and she is, uh, in my opinion, the pioneer of The Festival of the Unexplained, which is a festival I have mentioned previously on this podcast, uh, as I was a guest on there. I kicked off their their all-day event, I think it was back in August, God, seems like a long time ago. Um, I was on there talking about modern technology versus original uh, techniques and the, um, the, the downside to having big franchises and TV shows, really um you can catch that show on youtube if you go to festival of the unexplained on youtube you can you can watch my presentation amongst many other great presentations as well and the festival of the unexplained is um normally it goes around different locations within england um for uh, on a saturday or a sunday and speakers will be there uh, doing presentations and there'll be stalls selling crystals and books and magazines and other things um, relevant to to the paranormal really and it's a, it's a great atmosphere it's a really good networking um time for, really for people to go and, and meet up with fellow people who have same interests or or you know similar i guess uh, experiences to, to what you might have uh, unfortunately because of what's going on currently in the world um they've not been able to do that so they resorted to doing it online which was uh, a huge mammoth undertaking for them and it was in my opinion a huge success and both both events that they've done now online were both huge successes and we'll be talking a little bit more about that with Karen and and you know the logistics of it really and and how how difficult it was to to set up online and obviously the 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 downside to not being able to go out and, and take this festival on the road, as they are used to doing. And hopefully we can get back up and doing that next next year. I'm booked to be talking at one in Stourbridge, and I think I'm booked in Gloucester as well. So as it gets near with the time, if those shows do go ahead, I'll be sure to put a reminder out to you guys so anyone in the area can come along. Uh, it'd be great to meet you. Um, before we get on with the show, as promised, um, I have another uh, investigation to review. Um, You remember I did this um, last episode or the episode before, I can't remember. Um, I reviewed uh, a ghost hunt I went on with a local group. And luckily, before this most recent uh, lockdown here in the UK, I managed to go out on another ghost investigation. Um, Myself and my good friend Ryan, who you guys might be aware of, managed to go out. And it was in fact with Karen um it's just a coincidence that she happens to be the guest on this show um but karen organized this event at guy's cliff in i think it's in leamington spa um it's clusters like leicester or coventry but it, it, it's leamington spa and it's an old a stately manor uh now um run predominantly as a freemasons lodge which was interesting in itself um and what was interesting about the night was it was what she called an investigators night or a teams night so although we all obviously had to pay because you know you have to pay for these uh, these locations um we were all seasoned investigators really so that i think there were five or six teams of about four or five each there and we uh, we all had a, a timed kind of schedule that we had to stick to so you know we were in one area for 45 minutes then we were in the next area for 45 minutes and the whole evening ran really really well there wasn't much noise pollution from other teams near you everyone had a, a mutual respect for what each each of you was doing um, and there was a huge array of equipment which we'll talk about when when we get Karen on but there was a huge array of equipment that people were using and it was fascinating to see different teams approaches to um, investigating the paranormal, um, as you as you know, I'm very much a back to basics kind of guy, using the body and the bare basics, really. But some of the equipment was was fascinating just to see, really. Um, Guys, Cliff, if you don't know, um, became famous in the ghost hunting world when Most Haunted went there and they had the table that was levitating, apparently, and was was moving around. Uh, and interestingly, I found out while while we were there from a guy who um, was present while most haunted were there. Um, it has been debunked, basically. Apparently, the having sat at the table myself, it was um, it's easy to see how. But um, if you can fish that video out, maybe on on, a, on an online streaming service, um, you you'll, you might be able to see that it is it is indeed fake. But at the time. Um, there was a huge uproar about it. There, um, you know that they caught some great footage there. Unfortunately, um, it doesn't seem to be true. But we had a great there, a great night there, nonetheless. Some great activity. Um, the K twos were were very very active, particularly out in the um, the stable area, which uh, interestingly had no electric near us. So we were outside of the main building, which is obviously plugged up. It's all electric. Um, but we were outside in like a side building that doesn't have a roof really or, or anything. It was a, an old, it's quite, quite castly, you know, it, it's that kind of brickwork and there was no electric out there. We had to have torches to see where we were going. Um, and open to the elements, but the K2 meters were, were really kicking up out there. Um, we had a ball that only lights up when it's moved that, that, that went off quite, quite a few times. We had knocking from inside, um, I think it was a, a, a cellar or a, a dungeon or some kind. And we closed the door and we knocked on the door and we had knocking back. But interestingly, it wasn't on the door. It sounded like it was coming from within the room. So um, one guy went and stood in the room as we knocked. And the guy in the room and us outside of the room all heard it clearly. Um, but the guy who was stood inside the room said it still sounded like it was coming from, you know, quite far away, even though he was in the room. So it's always difficult to, to, to try and figure out where that noise comes from. But um, it was very, very interesting that we could all hear it and it was responsive to our knocking. It, it knocked back, you know, when we knocked, it would knock back. It didn't just knock on its own. It, it was it seemed to just be answering our own knocks, which, which was interesting. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a really, really good night. Everyone had a lot of respect for each other and what we were there to do. And uh, the most important thing, of course, is one of the teams brought some absolutely delicious homemade cupcakes. And I have been informed that they will be at one of these um, Festival of the Unexplained events. I think the one in Starbridge where I'll be. Um, so fingers crossed they bring some of those cupcakes because um, they were delicious. <laughs> um, so you'll know if you've been on an investigation that come midnight, one o'clock in the morning, when your energy levels begin to, to sap, really. Um, to have to have a, a really nice chocolate cupcake or something just boost your levels a little bit uh, without overloading on sugar, of course. Um, just boosts your levels and enables you to go on for a couple of more hours, really. Um, so yeah, I think Ryan Ryan had his fair share. He may have eaten about three at the time, <laughs> um, but they were very very nice indeed. So thanks for bringing those. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll get on with the show. So Karen's going to be on talk about um, her, her ghost hunting career and the festival of course and uh, kind of her likes and dislikes of, 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 of investigating and locations that she enjoys so without further ado we'll uh, we'll get on with the show and it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Karen to the show. Karen how are you?
1: I'm good thank you how are you?
0: Very good, very good. Um, we were just talking there in the uh, before we started recording, actually, about how this is the first show back for a while, uh, and I couldn't think of a better show really because I know this is going to be um, be fascinating with all of your experience in ghost hunting, and my listeners have asked for a show about you know kind of on the ground grassroots ghost hunting in England. They're getting tired of all this. Uh, American kind of market share that's going around at the minute. So it'd be nice to get some uh, some home roots going for us. So um, to kick us off, you are a investigator. You you are um, you work for uh, is it Haunted Magazine? Yep, that's Haunted right. Magazine. Yep, and you are also basically the pioneer for uh, the Great Festival of the Unexplained.
1: Oh, the pioneer. Pie,
0: you like that still. yeah <laughs> um do you want to tell us more about this festival because i was lucky enough to 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 guest on it and it was in it was the first one that we had to do from behind closed doors really because we, we we were forced to to do so because obviously we couldn't go out because of the current situation um did that did that throw up some fresh challenges because i imagine it's challenging enough to organize a festival like that but to have to completely change the platform i imagine that was quite challenging
1: Yeah, it was really, to be honest. Obviously, usually it's just a case of I've been doing this forever, over over two years, two and a half years now. So, organising them is not easy for me, but I have a system. Yeah. So, I know how everything works, I know how I want everything. um, But to actually do it virtually was a challenge, especially the fact of obviously um, booking your host like yourself you know to do presentations and interviews and so on to try and organize everybody timings for everyone trying to keep on time for everything
0: yeah
1: um and then also whilst you've got all these fantastic people doing presentations and interviews on the flip side you have got on the first one we had all the exhibitors as well still like we normally would have at the physical events so having those on board and then trying to exhibit their wares, basically, as well, it was really challenging. And I'm, I'm not going to lie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, the one thing that scared me the most, I'm sure uh, it probably scared you more, was uh, a failure in technology. Because, you know, when, when you're doing uh, a lecture in front of an audience, you set up the screen, you set up the monitor, you set up the the overhead projector and that, and the microphone. And that's really it. So that there's not that much that can go wrong, apart from a speaker, you know, maybe not turning up or or something like that. But when you've got people all over the world, essentially, with their own laptops that all have their own problems and their own internet connections and stuff like that, um, I imagine that scared the hell out of you, really.
1: Yeah, that was the biggest challenge. That was the most scariest thing, is the fact that, somebody got their timing wrong or something you know obviously there's a massive time difference with some of the people we interviewed There, there was like a five not only just a four hour but five six one of the people we interviewed there was like an eight hour difference time difference wow. so wow. that was challenging as well like like you mentioned in that that's something else I didn't mention is the challenging fact of all the different time scales
0: yeah because yeah.
1: obviously with them being a different country, it's not like you could just give them a quick call and say, Don't forget, you know, you're on <laughs> at this time or whatever. And and you know, it was a case of relying on the fact that you've got your timings right with those people and they were going to be sat there ready in their own country to come on air when you wanted them to. You know, it, it's not like a a pod it's a, with a podcast it's a little bit different, you could probably do something to, to fill time or something but trying to do all these lives you've got no time fillers
0: no 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 and, and then it got worse because you, you you kind of took this idea of, of having this you know all-day festival and then for the next one that, that, that you did um it was a, a marathon it was I can't was it 36 hours or was it
1: 41 in the end for,
0: 41 hours non-stop so yeah. so that's how you really for the were in different time zones
1: yeah that's what we did like the first one the one that you were part of and you kicked us off that day as well you know yeah which we really appreciated that must have been tough for you to to be the first one (laughs) on to do the first presentation you know no pressure Kieran you want to be part of it yeah by the way you're the first person going to be on the show um (laughs) but yeah it was That was only supposed to have been like 10 till 4, 10 till 6 at a stretch and then landed up being 10 till 8 both days. Um, So that got extended. But then for the next one, initially we said, let's do 24 hours. And then um, it was John actually, it was John Tolliday. I always bring him up and blame him because it was his idea. (laughs) Um, He said, why don't we? We know we can do it. Why don't we smash it out the park and do a thirty-six hour event? And the rest of us were like, "Yeah, why not? Great idea!" And then we thought about the logistics. About the <laughs> yeah. hold on yeah. a minute, someone's going to have to be up all night to do these interviews, <laughs> or different people are going to have to be up during the night to do these interviews. Um, so yeah, that that was a great idea. At the time, but I, it was fantastic. I, you know, really, really enjoyed doing it. Got to speak to so many different people about so many different things, and I don't regret it at all. Like I said, it went from 24 hours to 36 hours, and then it landed up being 41 in the end.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was
1: such we had such a fantastic response of people from the first one. And as you know, on the Sunday people are asking when was gonna, the next one was going to be, yeah. and we hadn't even yeah. finished the first day. You know, <laughs> you see, they're like, oh, what's on tomorrow? So hold on, we've still got more today. <laughs> and then on the Sunday, it was oh, when's your next one going to be? And we were like, well, we only planned, originally we only actually planned to do the August event. We never actually planned to do um, the next one in October because we were hoping we wouldn't have to. No, we were hoping no. there wouldn't need, be a need to do another one. Um, but you know like I said it was fantastic I think everybody enjoyed it and I certainly enjoyed it even the sleep deprivation you know <laughs> my husband kept that coffee coming all night <laughs> and uh yeah I absolutely loved it and what a lot of people that didn't stay up through the night with us were, um, know is Eddie actually participated in one of the interviews and as people like yourself will know he does not do interviews he does not partake in interviews he doesn't get interviewed and he doesn't do the interviews because that's not his thing doing lives and being on video and so on but he actually did his first interview um during that 41 hour para well parathon that we did that weekend so that was great for me to actually have him sat with me doing the interview with did, me
0: did he enjoy it did he, is it something he wants he to did. do again
1: Actually, in honesty, he's actually since then did a podcast um, interview.
0: Uh, I only work. the
1: one. Only the one. But he has done a podcast interview since as well.
0: That's good. It's good. I mean, the thing is again, pe- people like Eddie uh, again, loads of experience, loads of, of knowledge, and and you know, I guess he's been in situations that a lot of people can relate to in terms of ghost hunting and it'd be a shame for him not to be able to put those across in 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 interviews and in uh podcasts so um i'm quite happy actually that he's kind of come out of his comfort zone and he's willing to do that now
1: well he's done one that's that's as far as one's better than none so um there's time there's time yet there's time yet
0: um, so the, the the festival. So again, um, I, I did kind of go over this in in the in the introduction. So there's no need to re- to recap too much about what it is. But um, for anyone that is interested in ever appearing on one, and hopefully we can go back to the lives. I know you've started to to promote the the live festivals next year um, in places like Gloucester and and, and I think Stourbridge for for my local one. Um, and if that's the if that's the case, people can contact you, I guess, and if they would like to exhibit a stall there or if they would like to to do a talk.
1: Yeah, definitely. We've got, like you said, you're going to be at our March one, fingers crossed, you're going to be at the March one at yep. uh, Stourbridge in March. And then we've got in June, we're at Tewkesbury. In July, we're at Ulster. In uh, August, we're at Gloucester, like you said. And then in September, is the big one, is the whole weekend event. But at all of them, yes, you can exhibit. Um, we're always looking for new speakers. So you just contact me either by the Festival of the Unexplained Facebook page and we've also got our website. And we have actually got, for storeholders, a contact page on the website, which is just www.festivaloftheexplained.com.
0: Okay, that's great. So, for any listeners that wanna that wanna get on get in on this and exhibit a stall, if you've got things to sell, uh, anything really, I guess, from crystals to to books to to magazines, or if you'd like to actually do a talk, um, just just get in touch with Karen and that, um, and she'll get the ball rolling for you. Um, in terms of paranormal investigating, then, then Karen, I mean, that's obviously you you are a medium, and, and we'll touch on that a, a little bit later in the show. But in terms of actually you know, on the ground, ghost hunting. Um, where, where would you say is the best place you've ever investigated in in England?
1: Wow, um, that's a difficult one.
0: It is. I mean, I've, I've been asked this myself, and when you've done so many places, um, I've got so many that I like for
1: different reasons, though. So okay.
0: that,
1: that that's a di- that's why it's so difficult for me because we've been to that many different places. You know, I've had experience in Gloucester Prison. We've got some um, fantastic stuff through Spirit Portals and so on at the Tudor World in Stratford-upon-Avon, Draco Tunnels. I've been there. I think we worked out 10 times so far. Okay. Because I just keep, every time we go, we get some different type of evidence. Yeah. we just can't stop going, basically. Ed has actually been 11 times. He's been oh. once without me. Um, but I think that's probably the place we've done the most
0: out of any yeah yeah I mean Draclo is is one of my um favorite places because you always seem to find a new area every time you go you know an area that you didn't quite have time to do before for those that don't know where Draclo is it's uh it's an underground uh Cold War bunker essentially with five miles worth of tunnels I think you're 400 feet underground at the deepest point um pitch black some of the tunnels are big enough to to drive lorries down um a fantastic place. Um, and it was the uh,
1: Rover factory at one point, obviously. It was,
0: it was. They used to store the plane parts there, I believe, for the war. Um, I mean, I've had some fantastic evidence down there. Have, have you ever managed to capture anything down there?
1: And, uh, we've got a, f- a great setup for video recording, but we haven't, apart from light anomalies and so on and like it is down there you can and uh, you can decipher between dust and light anomaly yeah. in yeah. there because as you know it is literally pitch black so you explain what that light anomaly is if you, you know
0: yeah i mean there's no electric down there in in in, yeah. in the most part as well so Things that can, when well, you know, things that interfere with K two meters down there, or or things like that. There's, there's nothing, no, no. And you, as soon
1: as you walk in, even before, well, as soon as you walk through that front door, you have no phone signal, you have yeah. no internet. There's literally nothing. There is no connection to the outside world once you go through that door because everything is gone.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Just to yeah. let people know, you we know, <laughs> literally there's, there's nothing. So any activity you get. Like you said, on a K2 or anything like that, normally you'll say, oh, well, that could be so that could be a phone or could be whatever interfering with that. But down there, there's nothing to interfere with anything.
0: No, like you said,
1: there's no electricity.
0: No, I mean, light anomaly seems to be the most occurred piece of evidence down there. I mean, we have caught some, some good EVPs down there. Um, but yeah, light anomalies. I mean, we we had a fantastic video that showed like a red orb dancing around dancing around us, like a, a big red dot. Um, which again was clearly not dust, uh, because you know, I don't you don't see much red dust. Um so yeah, yeah I mean what, what was the what was and
1: EVPs are amazing down there. That's something else. Like you said, they we've are. had EVP down there and it wasn't any of us, and it's been clear.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we yeah, we've had clear clear messages. We've had um, greetings and, and and hellos and things like that. You have clear footsteps as well, because of course it's solid stone. You know these tunnels, um, and you can hear that the footsteps as clear as day when you when you're all stood still.
1: Yeah, definitely, it's. It's got to be okay. It's got to be one of my favourite places to do, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been there. Eleven. Wow. Well, already. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I think and I'm, going
1: back, I'm already booked to go back next year.
0: Oh, that's great. I mean, we, we I, I must have done it probably about ten times myself. Uh, There's a guy who who was in our team. He had, he essentially had keys to to Drake Lowe, um, because he was on the renovating team. Um, so he he kind of had free access to it essentially. So we 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 did it quite a lot, um, and unfortunately, the price went up uh, a, a lot, which we've spoken about before, uh, which it's does tend to ruin it. Yeah, yeah,
1: that that's the thing. It doesn't. It is unfortunately a lot of places the price goes up, and you know, especially after this lockdown, I should imagine
0: oh, come yeah. next year,
1: a lot of places yeah. will put their prices up because they've obviously got to try and claw money back from this year, which doesn't help us. That those you know those people that want to go out and book it and just go as a small group you just can't it's not feasible you just don't have the finance to do it
0: no no and, and that's where that the big corporations the big franchised uh ghost hunting teams have a monopoly on the market essentially
1: yeah they do you know, they- and like i said with ray i was really really fortunate to be one of the teams that were there um when just paranormal did their live feed from inside the tunnels? The first time it's ever been done.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. That was a that's quite groundbreaking, actually. um That's quite good. I, di- I didn't know you were you were you were there at the time.
1: I was there. um Yeah, I. It was a touch and go. Obviously, with my uh, health situation recently, yes. it was a touch and go situation. Would I or would I not be going? And I was like, this is like groundbreaking. This this is something everyone's wanted to do and no one's been able to do mm-hmm. it or yeah. even tried to do it so when I'm friends with Lee and Mark anyway so when I knew that Lee and Mark were doing this amazing thing there of doing a lie from that I was like you know health aside yeah. I'm going yeah yeah I am
0: not you just got this. to do yeah, you
1: know, I am not. I shouldn't have been there. Admittedly, but I was. There's just no way I was missing it.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it's 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 a fantastic place for, for the listeners. If you if you ever manage to get to go to to Draclo Tunnels in Wolverley near Kidderminster, in the West Midlands, uh, do because it it is as we've as you've heard, it's a fascinating, fantastic place to go now 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 Karen the 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 equipment that you use I've I've been on um we went on an investigation together about well it seems like forever ago now uh with with, (laughs) with what's going on yeah um but we were lucky enough to get one in really before we were forced into another lockdown and um I really enjoyed that I mean there's I, I give reviews on this podcast of, of, of ghost hunts that I go on. I, I do try to go with other teams to support them. And um, I always give an honest review so for, for the listeners. And your review was one of the best, you'll be pleased okay. to know. Um, it was re- it was really good. It was organised well. The times were really good, um, which can be a problem on ghost hunts. Sometimes, yeah. you know, you, you're being forced out of a room by the next people coming in because... They, you know they're either rushing or there's no real set times, um, and sometimes it can be done in a way that you get noise pollution from a group that are too close to you while you're trying to do one location. Um, but none of that really happened with with you guys. It was a really really great night, and I noticed while I was there that there was a huge array of equipment. Now I'm quite basic when it comes to when it comes to go hunting. I, I, I'm trying to go back to basics, but some of your equipment had me. Kind of, you know, dumbfounded. With, I mean, the, there was the big. It looked. I think Eddie was walking around. With it, it looked like a. I think it was a ghost box or something, and it looked like an old jukebox.
1: Yeah, it was a. Um, it's a nineteen. Thir- don't quote me now. Nineteen thirties radio um, that he's converted himself during lockdown for something to do. <laughs> 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 to be perfectly honest, um, yeah, he came across it and he was like. Look at this, and he showed me, it and he said, "Wow, look at this!" And I was like, "And it's got all the individual lights and everything on it, and it's yeah. yeah, it's it's a I think it's amazing. It's something different that I've never seen before. I've never seen a radio like it before. No,
0: it's it's I mean, I saw it on the table. I had to go over and, and, and talk to him about it. I mean, if if you can, do send me a picture, and I'll put it on the um, I'll put it on our page for for our listeners to look at. Um, a fantastic piece of equipment. And the other thing that really stood out to me was the spirit board that you've got in one of the rooms now. This no. was really different for me because I always try and find ways to, to debunk stuff, really, because that, that's, I believe, what we should be doing. Um, and this this spirit board really does that. So you had pieces of copper wire, essentially, on the outside of the board, and the wire fed to a, uh, a dial in the middle of the board. And The point was that your energy conducted through the copper turned the dial to point at the correct letter or number, Um which eradicates the possible outside influence of someone moving the glass, whether it be on purpose or not, but moving the glass themselves. And that was a fantastic thing. Is that something you thought of? Is it something you've seen?
1: It was something, yet again, it was something that Eddie came across. Um, Never seen one before. And, yeah, showed a bit to me and said, I said, well, yeah, that's something. We both agreed that is something very unusual. We like our unusual stuff. Mm-hmm. As you can tell, I'm 1930s radio. But yeah, we were like it's very <laughs> unusual. And like you said, it was a piece of kit that you cannot with with boards, like you said, a lot of people are are wary of them. Whereas with that, like you said, you cannot falsify results with it. You either get a result or you don't.
0: Yeah.
1: It's yeah. that simple. Because, like you said, there is no outside influence.
0: No, I mean and and I did try to I, I blew on the um on the on the on the arm that swings around and I tried to nudge it just to see if if it was flimsy enough I guess for for a breeze or a draft to to blow it which could lead you to, to thinking it was false paranormal activity but it was quite a rigid kind of action you know so it's not like <laughs> someone could breathe onto it to you yeah know, sorry the, these are the things
1: you know I'm laughing do you know why when what? we first got it guess what we first what guess what we did exactly what you've just said (laughs) we trialed it well because at the end of the day we don't get a piece of equipment take it on an event and trial it there no we will get a piece of equipment and we will try and debunk it ourselves and see you know you've got to try it out so we have done that like we've blown on it and and nudged it and all the things that you said you did for exactly the same reason so when we do go on an event whether it's another team using it or whether it's the public using it if they say, oh, this happened, then at least we can turn around and say to them, like, really sorry. I know you probably thought it was fantastic, but this could be the reasoning why yeah. it was doing this or why it was doing that, you know? Yeah, because I mean, you've got to, if you're going to do it, you've got to do honest investigating, or there's no point in doing it at all.
0: that's absolutely right Uh, and and the thing is it doesn't matter how much unfortunately it doesn't matter how much you you debunk your own equipment and how much you you try and eradicate that there will always be someone that will will tell you it's not real um and and that's fine i don't have a problem with that you know that's their belief system and 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 that's fine but um you have to try and run it through as much testing as possible really to 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 try and minimize the amount of people that have that reaction i guess
1: yeah, well you need to. Like I said, we've got all sorts. I don't know if you saw. We've got um a music box as well that we were yes. using that night. Yeah. You were
0: there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great stuff. I mean, it's. I was. The next question really is 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 what is what is your favourite piece of equipment? But I, I guess you. What I like about you guys, and, and I found this out on that last investigation, was. You, you do step outside the box. You know, a lot of people, they use the K2, they use a standard spirit board because that's what they see people on TV using, you know, and so they think, oh, that's what we should be using. But it seems that you guys like to step outside the box and, and either take a current piece of equipment and modify it so it's a little bit different or a little bit, um, you know, more difficult to, to fake. Or you're making your own kind of stuff up. So what what is your favourite piece of equipment? Well,
1: of all the things, like I said, we recently like so they've got that music box which has got the laser beam and it's got one laser it's got the beam and everything so you've got to break the beam for it to do anything um i like that but perfectly honest i have to admit voice recorder
0: okay yeah it's got it's got to be
1: a voice recorder because for me um being a medium if i'm getting information or whatever to get that clarified for the person that stood there listening to me via yeah. an EVP is just amazing.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: For me, it's a it's little bit of like an instrument for me as well. Yeah. Not just put it on and see if you capture anything and ask questions and whatever. Um, we also use it in that kind of way as well. If we are asking questions, you know, people are, given information because obviously you're not the only, we work with more than one medium obviously we've got more than one medium on the team so it's good to use it in that way too and find you know and see if it corroborates basically what you're saying
0: yeah yeah i mean it, it, let's talk a little bit about the mediumship because it fascinates me that you have multiple on one team because I've been with some of these these bigger groups that that we talk of and they always tend to have one and and, and one alone and and that person tends to rule the roost they kind of direct everybody to what they should be feeling what they should be seeing but to have more than one to me is is an interesting yet potentially conflicting tactic because do you ever find that it causes a bit of not friction because you know you're all fantastic friends but do you ever have conflicting kind of messages or
1: admittedly no (laughs) because when we all whether we're working together or not working together at an event you're we find it's just really weird the way we all are um we didn't need obviously we didn't know we all just met on events and so on it wasn't a case of that we were friends before and we don't talk about locations before we go we don't find out information before we go um we never do that none of us ever do so for us to get information and then corroborate what each other has said is fantastic and we all work differently that's the other thing we don't all work in the same way so that also helps as well. Yeah. So which, whoever you work with, you get a different experience then. Yeah. Because we all work, we are all individual individuals, obviously, but we all work differently. Um, when we are doing our mediumship.
0: <laughs> okay. I mean, it's just, I, I, I did think about that, you know, kind of, cause obviously I, I follow you guys and, and we're in touch quite regularly. And I have often wondered how it works because a lot of people, they will only have one. And, and, I suspect that those mediums that are the only one are actually quite happy with that because, I mean, I, I am a big believer in mediumship, obviously, but that doesn't mean that there aren't frauds out there or people that that will, you know, extort it in order to, to to make a bit of money. And if they if these kind of people are challenged by potentially another medium or by someone that doesn't quite believe it, they can get quite prickly about it. And I, I imagine that that's why they do tend to have just one because their word goes shall
1: we say. Yeah, well, we're a bit different like that. Like I said, not only the fact that we all work differently, it also the fact is if we're getting something, we're getting something. If we're not getting something, we're not getting something. And we'll be honest with it, I've been on events sometimes, we've all been on events sometimes where we're getting no activity or we're getting nothing. You know, and it's not just the fact you're not getting anything with the equipment. Sometimes the medium doesn't get anything either. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just
1: because people expect have expectations. If they go on an event and you've got a medium, they expect that medium to pick up on everything and give them all the information. It doesn't work like that. It's whatever information or interaction they want to give you. It's no different. They don't want explain it. Here, it's no different a spirit working with a medium than it is a spirit working with a piece of kit. If they want to use it, they will. If they yeah. don't, they won't. It's that yeah. simple
0: yeah and, and, and i'm so glad you've said that because i mean it's it, that's kind of my my motto as well really we've been on events where the spirit board hasn't moved we've been on events where you know absolutely you know four hours later nothing has happened whatsoever and i always say to people well at least you know we're not faking it you know because yeah there, there are other groups where it's, stuff's happening all the time and you know it's, it's constant and You think, come on, that can't be that can't be real, and and for people like us who are you know quite not veterans but you know we're we're quite experienced in this kind of thing, you 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 do know that you will go investigate not an investigation but investigations at a time without really getting anything, yeah, Um, and and that's something you're right you're absolutely right you have to explain that to your. To your, um, to your guests, if you have paying guests or, or to, the, to, to people that are with you, because sometimes they come with expectations that you just can't meet.
1: Which I think is always important at the beginning of the night with the public. Um, when we do our smaller venues, we tend to have pretty much the same people that tend to come back with us because of activity within what we've got previous yeah. time. Yeah. Um, like Tudor World, I think it's drafted, I think every time we've been there, at least one of the groups that have been with us, we only take two groups anyway. Yeah, We always do. We just take two small groups. But one of those two groups are always the same people. Yeah. And have been there every time. But I think that makes a difference as well with energy and everything. If, if you gel or whether you don't, that makes a difference too. Because whatever um, energy yeah. you're putting out is what you get back.
0: Yeah. Again, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, my, you, you've interviewed me previously, and we spoke about my my theory on, on frequencies and, and things like that. And, and I think that plays a massive part there. If you're if you go with negativity, if you go with nothing's going to happen, I'm not going to see anything, then you won't. You know, because what you're you're putting that negativity out, so you're going to get that back. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean if you go believing you're going to see something. If you do see something, it's real. It could be you making it real because you're so desperate to see something yeah. i think you're right I, I think that energy and certain people bond with certain places do you find that do you find that that certain places for you are more active on a personal level because that's just a place that you tend to to i guess um, reverberate well with
1: yeah for me that would be like i said tudor world and drake Low. that i did um like with Tudor World, last time we went there, through the portal, we actually had only three team members were actually in attendance because obviously it's a small location. Yeah. And we only took eight people. That was it. Because um it was when you were only allowed groups of six.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So rather than have a group of six, we just we took two groups of four, and that was that's all we had, and three mem uh, three team members.
0: Yeah.
1: And through the portal we had Where's Eddie? Which obviously is my husband. Yeah. Um also said, we want Dennis, another team member. It literally went through all the t- all the team members that have been there, it said every single one of their names.
0: Wow. And that, and that's if we, they weren't there at that time. Yeah, point. they
1: weren't there last time. We literally had three of us that were there, and everyone else was mentioned, everyone else's name was given. Um if you ever, if you interview um, John yeah. Holiday, he had he he. I don't know what it is that there, there with him. Um, when he's that we get activity when he's not there, but when he is there, it's almost when our energies are all together.
0: Yeah,
1: it's 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 crazy because on these on these nights that we do, even the public nights, no one because you were there for such a long time, because you haven't for so many hours. Yeah. If the guests um, have had enough and they got last time, the guests actually stayed till four in the morning and um, they stuck it out longer than once we hooked last time. Yeah, yeah, But sometimes they don't always stick it out that long. And with Tudor World, if you book it on a Friday, you've got it till 5am in the morning, which is really late for some people yeah. and they won't stay that long. So sometimes We will be still there after. And we've been there and we've done team nights there as well, you see. So it's not just on public nights. So I think that makes a difference because we've all been there together on private nights just as a team as well as these public nights. So it's, I think when you continuously go somewhere with the same people, yeah, it's almost like you get to know them and they get to know you.
0: Yeah, I mean, if essentially, you're you're imprinting your energy. You know, you're imprinting your vibrational frequency. I would say onto that onto that area. Um, so, so you you will get a reaction back. I, I believe
1: it's the same with um, Draco. We get on multiple occasions. We've had the same inter the same spirits come through, but in different ways. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's it, it, not, that's that's because you've always got an element of at least one or two of the same people there um in the group each time
0: yeah i mean just just out of interest what 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 were the spirits that you have interacted with in in Drekler?
1: we've had um there's been with Jolene, there's been a gentleman i think it's um there was work there at some point he's been to her more than once When we've yeah. been there in different ways um, We Also have Interacted with a, a, a lady Which has Come across as that she was a witch And she was a part of a, a circle
0: okay.
1: She's actually came through At Witchbury um, Woods As well because as you know obviously they're not A million miles apart
0: No
1: no, no. Um But she's been through not only at Drake Low itself multiple times in different ways. Um, Jolene's actually seen her in my house.
0: Wow, (laughs) just quite
1: interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I know Um, that was a bit of a that was a bit of a strange one. she explained what she was, she was explaining this woman this information she was given and she explained what this woman looked like. And I just started laughing and she didn't, I know, she was like, why are you laughing? This is not funny. I'm like, yeah, but it is. I'll tell you why after. And then, and afterwards I explained to her, you know who you've just described, don't you? She said, no. So I said, that's who we, inter- I said, that's the same person that I brought through in trance at Drake Club.
0: Mm. So, so, is this is this is this spirit potentially attached to you then, or so that they're I don't not necessarily know.
1: at um, visitation? Yeah. Um, she's only I've only been the once that I know of in this house. Um, she's just popped in. Yeah. Literally once, and that and that was it. On the one when uh, Joe was staying with us for a few days, she come to visit, and obviously. I haven't been obviously going out, not really, since March. So it was very odd that she would explain what this woman Looked like, and it's how I explained her when we were at Draco previously. But Joe wasn't there.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: So that was the interesting thing that yeah. Joe explained her word for exactly what she, word for word, but on the occasion that this lady was described, Jolene wasn't even on the event. She didn't even come that night.
0: No, I mean that. That, that it's when stuff like that it happens. It, it's quite interesting because obviously, if she was there, she could have subconsciously, you know, remembered. I guess that 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 recollection. Yeah, had, this had is it. this
1: is something I was talking t- about the other night. Um, I did an interview, and after the interview, we were chatting afterwards, and one of the people on that team is quite sceptical. So I was explaining that. I've always had this thing of, okay, regardless of how many, I I trust in spirit and I trust in what I do. Yeah. But there's always that odd occasion because you go somewhere so often that you do think, okay, was that information in my subconscious and I remembered it from before and I've just, and that's where it's come from. Or am I being given this information now? Yeah. It does make you think and admittedly i'm not saying i'm not saying everything mediums say is not true of course i'm not saying that but i have i have like second guessed myself on occasions because i've been like i've like there i've been there so many times i think it's only human to second guess yourself
0: no I, I, not only is it is it human but i think in in your field of work particularly with the mediumship i think it's essential that you question yourself because i think Some people don't, and and that's what leads to um, them potentially becoming, not not purposefully, but becoming fraudulent and and not being as accurate as they maybe intend to be. So I I think questioning yourself is is an absolute must, really.
1: I think it is important because, like you said, there's a lot of places that we've been to on so many different occasions and we've had so much information on different occasions. You must store some of that somewhere in in your subconscious
0: absolutely I mean I I did a uh, quite famous now people I spoke about but I, I did a little test on a friend of mine at, at the uh, ancient ramen um, and we did some uh, some automatic handwriting and throughout the whole day I kept saying the same name to him uh, just dropping it in conversation really and then when it came to doing the, the session on the night he wrote that name and uh, when I asked him why he wrote that name he didn't know he, he he had no reason as to why he would write that name and when I told him I must have mentioned it about 50 times Throughout that day um, He realised He realised that it was on his subconscious
1: It's like with um, Like with Gary Fields Who we work with was a very good friend of ours And we work with him all the time He will actually Whatever he's been getting Throughout the week prior to the investigation On occasions he will sit it down And he will write down everything that he's got Yeah, He will pull it in an envelope and give it to somebody at the beginning of the night. Yeah, And then when we all come together at the end of the night and go through what we've got and so on, or whatever experience we've had or in so on and so on, then that's when that envelope will be opened. And it's very, very interesting that these other groups and these other teams have come back with information or had interaction or this, that, and the other. And it's basically what he and it's in what he in the information that he's written down and put in this envelope. And he won't tell anyone anything that's in there prior yeah. to going. Yeah. He, he keeps it all to himself, doesn't say a word, and it literally is literally a case of seeing what everybody else gets and if they get any of the things that are in this envelope. And it's so interesting to see at the end of the night when you open it and you go through it and they're like
0: you let everyone
1: you let everyone give you their information yeah and it's almost like you you go through it and, just, and check it off in a way
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: and it's it's so interesting from that point of view to see someone do that they're getting it before they even get to the location which happens a lot as well
0: yeah i mean and and, and what what i like there about i like what he's doing there because I've I've been in, in in investigations with mediums where they tend to shout out what's happening there and then, which then will influence other people around them. And then and loads of times as we've been leaving a, one of the rooms, a lot of people have said to the people coming into that room, oh, we've just had X, Y and Z. And of course, what they're doing there is they're planting that in their head. So yeah there's a chance that they're going to now go and experience that just because they've been told that the last group did. So they, it's, like, it's almost like they're looking out for it. So what I like about that is he writes it down. He doesn't really talk about it to anybody. He waits for other people to bring it up and then correlates it against his own information. I think that's a really good way of working.
1: I just find it really interesting to see what comes out, basically, and what information is given. Yeah. But that's the same. Like Even when you're working mediumship-wise on an investigation, as well is it's good just to see let the let the night flow let the energy flow and just see what comes through via i don't know apps portals and and so on and equipment wise and everything rather than just have relying on your medium and like and them telling you everything because yes. for me i don't really work like that if i get stuff i don't always say something because if you're getting activity on a piece of equipment and you're getting interaction or something or automatic writing or whatever, then I'd rather go with that. We'd yeah. rather go with that and leave it, leave people to get an experience because that's the whole point. If you're going to take public on an investigation, if you're just going to stand there all night and tell them everything, what are they gaining from it? Nothing.
0: Yeah. Uh, again, and and that's that's you know kind of what I've alluded to that, that you, you let them have their own experiences. That's and, the whole and, point. And sure. Exactly. What it is, isn't it? Because he, even if they're not paying guests, it's just the fact that it's a personal experience. And and what I'd like to say is that just because you know you, someone might have an experience that you as a medium don't can't correlate with, that doesn't necessarily mean that what they've experienced isn't true.
1: Exactly.
0: And and we get a lot of the times people almost get knocked down for, for what they've experienced. Oh, well, no, you know, you're saying you've just experienced a, a monk and there's no evidence of there ever being a monastery here or, or a monk here. So you're wrong. And and that's wrong.
1: And who's anyone to say that someone else is wrong?
0: Exactly. Were because you there? Personal, exactly.
1: <laughs> Were you there but. back there centuries ago? Can you, can you definitely guarantee that, I don't know, a monk was on his way somewhere else and stopped off there for whatever reason or and he liked the place so he revisited after Uh, this world you don't
0: know exactly and and not only that i mean the way it works potentially the monk didn't even have to have stopped there in his life he could just be attracted to that particular person at the time he was there investigating or he might have come with somebody else and, and shown himself to that person there's so many different permutations as to why they have experienced that personal experience that it's it's nobody's right really to to knock them down for it.
1: No, oh, no, of course it's not. That's that's wrong. At the end of the day, we all have our own personal experiences. Well, I hoped that most people have a personal experience, whatever it may no matter how small it may be. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's still yours. It's something that's happened to you.
0: That's it. That, that that that's it really and, and and we've got about 5 minutes or so left now and and I'd really like to 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 talk about the the good the bad and the ugly I guess um so probably less of the ugly but what what would you say the is the the best thing about what what it is that you do what what is it you enjoy the most about going out there and, and investigating
1: i think it's got to be the interaction with other people okay it's the different NGOs, the different people that you meet from different backgrounds, that all come together to do something that they enjoy and something they're passionate about.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could, I couldn't have, couldn't have worded that better myself. And the bad, I mean, because the, as much as we enjoy what we do, there are, um, there are bad things. There are bad things that we might not enjoy as much, or things that occur that we might, we might not um, like, like the the idea of. Is there anything that you you, you don't really enjoy about about it? cold (laughs) (laughs) yeah cold Um, yeah i hate being. i'm
1: one one of these people i'm constantly cold all the time
0: right okay
1: even in the house let alone actually going out anywhere and as you can imagine why i'm drawn and i go to drake so many times i have no idea when it's probably the coldest place you can ever go to absolutely yeah but no being serious it's kind of i suppose people that are disrespectful to to each other and the location and the spirits that are there, you know, that can get a little bit irate because they're not getting something or or just there just to be negative and yeah. they constantly it's don't get me wrong, it's good to debunk things. But when you have someone that's there that's constantly all night, well, you could have done that. Oh well yeah. I don't believe that's true. And they test, yeah. you know, and they're there because they've been dragged to go and You can tell they have because they're not interested. They can't be bothered. And all they want to do is debunk everything all night. And so why would you bother paying your money? Why would you bother coming?
0: Yeah. Again, I couldn't agree more. We've had a lot of those. We had a guy who came to Drake Club who walked out halfway through because he was expecting a walk-around historical tour. Oh. And it was advertised as a paranormal investigation. And uh, he, he complained throughout the night that he couldn't see anything. Where were the lights? Um, why was no one telling him about the history of the place? Um, <laughs> and, you know, we tried to explain what it was. You know, he, he's obviously booked the wrong ticket. Yeah. Um, and, and he just left. <laughs> so it's a very weird situation. But, yeah, he was very negative throughout the night. And we were we were glad. And the mood did seem to lift when he left. Um. So, We've yeah. had it
1: before. We, we, I won't say where and who or anything else, but we were at a location once and it, it just proves it. We were having really good activity. It was everyone was enjoying their evening. Don't get me wrong, there wasn't stuff happening every five minutes because in reality, in real life, off TV, it doesn't. And on TV, it doesn't. What people don't realize is that, see, that one episode could be filmed over three days.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or a
1: week yeah. sometimes. So, we we had an occasion where we had one night. We had some people turn up late, and the whole atmosphere completely changed.
0: Mm, interesting.
1: And the evidence went from the the evidence, the energy went from being quite high, and um, positive and active and busy wherever you went within this building. To it completely changed.
0: Mm, that is interesting. You could,
1: almost you could feel it. it yes, yeah. just, it just totally changed, and even it's a public night. And even the public said, "You know, it just suddenly, as soon as they walked in, it just the energy was kind of gone."
0: Mm. Like that, and That's a shame, really, for the, for, the, for the rest of the people that had paid their good money to to go on the investigation. I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, it happens, doesn't it? You know, you have you have these kind of these it's where we used to have people coming, coming drunk, you know, walking in with cans of Fosters (laughs) and things like that. And, uh, and as much as you tell them they can't, people still do. You know.
1: Yeah, so it's the important that's the important thing. It's like it doesn't matter how much you advertise it, you always get that one that thinks, yeah. oh well, they won't even notice it <laughs> yeah. you're
0: yeah, not you, going
1: to notice. <laughs> you can smell the alcohol with yeah. the mints you're yeah. trying to chew and you're just making it strong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. Um just, just before we uh just before we round off then, is it uh, obviously you give readings for your mediumship. Um the festival is is kicking on. Hopefully we can get back out there next year. Um, is, there, is there any way that, that listeners can reach you? Do you have any contact information? And I'll be sure to obviously put it with the, the podcast itself. But if you'd just like to tell the listeners where they can get in touch with
1: you. Yeah, I've got um, a Facebook page, Karen Frey Medium page. Um, as for the festival, like I said, if anyone would like to be a speaker, the it would only be the one-day events that we'll be looking for people for for next year. Exhibitor-wise is all of the events, including the weekend event. But the actual weekend event, we have all of our – we've had a lot of people contacting us about the weekend event, wanting to be a speaker at that yeah. um, and not the others. Um, but there is availability at the one-day events. But the weekend event, we have all our speakers. We've already announced six of them. Yeah. Which, if anybody's missed that, that's we've announced um, Daniel Klass, who owns the Hinsdale house and is part of the Ghost Finders um, team. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: And we've already announced um, Patty Negri, Psychic Medium from Hollywood, uh, Miranda Young, which is Ghost Bike Explorations, also from America. And we've also announced Chris and Brannon Smith and Mike from the Wrath Chasers from the haunted town series so as you, as you can see we're, we've we got all our speakers for that one but if anyone is interested in being an exhibitor at that then please do contact us via our website um, but yeah we, we have speaker spots at the one day events if anyone would like to contact me then they're more than welcome to.
0: Okay that's great uh, well all that reminds me to say is thank you for coming on the show, Karen. Um, it's been fantastic. It was nice to return the favour and, and, and get you on, onto my show. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a really good, really good interview. Um, so, yeah, thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me. I do appreciate it.
0: That's no problem at all. And we'll speak soon. Take care. You too. Okay, so that was the interview there with uh, with Karen Frey. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Um, first episode back for a long time. Tried to make it a good one for you guys. I have had some feedback from from some of your listeners who were were craving a bit more of a um, you know, a, a basics episode. Really, you know, talking to investigators, the guys that are out there doing it in terms of of ghost hunting. So, um, hopefully you enjoyed that. You have asked, and you have received. So uh, I do my best to uh, to please the audience. Um, but yeah, really, really interesting uh, interview. She's a lovely lady, is Karen uh as she alluded to she's battling some health health issues but she never lets it get her down she's um she's a huge you know kind of bumbling positive energy kind of person great to be around um great to interview Does some really good things for the um for the field itself really and that's what we need we need these kind of people who are um you know pushing the envelope really with with the paranormal world and kind of taking it out of this stale situation that we've got in as I've alluded to before um and pushing it to, to new levels and I think what she does with the festival is absolutely fantastic so if you are um around the England area and, and you you know any of those areas that that she's mentioned so Stourbridge in the West midlands there's Gloucester um Bosworth I think she mentioned for the for the big um all, uh, weekend event um Tewkesbury of course uh, great historical place to to, to be in general Um, so if you could maybe get to any of those events just go to festivaloftheunexplained.com you can buy your tickets for these events and the dates are always being announced if you follow it on facebook and if you head to youtube and search for festival of the the unexplained you'll be able to see um, many videos and many streams and presentations from those online events that they, they were forced to do um and hopefully you enjoy them as much as i did because uh i think it's, it's a great thing that they're doing there um so yeah the tickets are on sale um so if you can please please do do come along to one of them and if i happen to be there head over and say hello it'd be really good to meet you and um yeah hopefully um like i say we're, we're back on track now i've got some another interview already in the bag um got plenty of guests lined up So we we should have a good run of of shows now. So um, I'm back and hopefully we can get back to where we were. Good standard of podcasting. And I hope you guys are all keeping well. I hope you're all, um, you know, it's a horrible situation that we're in. Um, Whether you um, are playing along with what's going on or not. um, Either way, it's a horrible situation, that what's going on. Uh, And if you do have any thoughts on that, actually, as a bit of a side note, don't forget I do host another show called the collective conspiracy show and that's on uh, brand new tube because of the content uh, it can't really be uploaded to youtube so if you head over to brandnewtube.com and search for the collective conspiracy show or if you uh, head over to facebook and look for the collective conspiracy show group and um, join you'll see all of the live shows that i do there so it's a different format it's a live show uh, there's a video so you'll see myself and and my guests And we tackle all sorts of conspiracy subjects, 9-11, the moon landings. Um, I think we've done plenty of shows on COVID because obviously that's the hot topic at the moment. Uh, And I think we're going to do a bit more on ancient aliens, a bit more on um, UFOs and things like that. So if that is your interest, then please head over, have a look, join the group, uh, follow the channel. If not, that's absolutely fine. Stick with me here at the, uh, the Paranormal Paradigm podcast. And uh, there's sure to be some great shows coming up in the future for you to listen to. So as always, thank you for for joining me. Thank you for, for following, for sharing, and just for enjoying the show in general. Um, it's, it's a pleasure to do just for you guys. So take care, and uh, I'll speak to you soon.